Get the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music guide you through the opaque world of venture capital and reveal all the ways you can source capital for your company's growth. It all starts right here with Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music on VC Confidential. Welcome to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy, and I'm here with my co-host and partner at Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music. Together, we are managing directors of the Sibylla Masters Fund. You can learn more about that at masters.vc. This show is for investors and entrepreneurs alike. We're going to rip that opaque lid off conventional venture capital and show you how it works. That's what we're here for, folks. Hi, Jillian. Hi, Anne. What's in your mind this week? Well, Jillian, it's already half past December in a year that almost everyone on planet Earth will be happy to say goodbye to. And as we look back on this very unusual and for millions of people, very difficult year, let's take today to review what went on in the world of venture capital in 2020. Excellent idea, a wrap up, I like it, Anne. So let's also try to put some perspective around what we see in venture in the venture capital market so that our listeners can understand that larger piece of the chessboard as it were, substantively until at least mid 2021 and probably later, much later. So next week, let's talk about the future, but this week, let's dive into how the pandemic of 2020 affected the world of venture capital, a conversation we really need to have. All righty then. First, some good news. While COVID-19 locked us down at home and made WFH the acronym of the year. (laughs) And it kind of looks funny, you know, it's like, what did that mean? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's why I said it so slowly. And, And also, quote, you are on mute. Uh, The most repeated (laughs) statement as all our meetings went online, venture investing hiccuped only briefly, sort of about March to May. And according to Reuters, tech investments have grown by just under 8% in the first three quarters of 2020. Well, that's certainly a good start because in March, uh, you know, of 2020, the doom and gloom predictions that money, you know, from VCs would just dry up completely until this is over, you know, it was loud and clear. And many VCs were saying just that. They planned to simply wait out the pandemic uh, before continuing to make investments. Now, little did most people understand back in March that this COVID thing was going to last far longer than just a couple of weeks of lockdown. And far too many people believed the rubbish talk we were hearing that this is going to be over by Easter. And now I think we all have a much better sense of the scope of what we're dealing with. A global pandemic is not a few weeks problem. It's at best a two-year problem with lingering effects running for up to a decade. So we're only seeing complexities increasing in number and scope, not diminishing. And we should not expect anything else, more increasing numbers and scopes of complexities and problems, right, for at least six to 12 more months. With multiple vaccines being readied for the public markets, the logistics of transporting those vaccines, many of which require absolute zero temperatures and so on, to be effectively transported and 
you know, that's already changing the order of priorities on who will get the vaccine and when. Getting billions of people inoculated when in many countries, as many as a third of the population are already telling us that they don't want to be inoculated. Oh, that changes earlier predictions for achieving the goal of herd immunity. So these complexities and course changes were not publicly discussed when we all headed into our homes for a couple of weeks. Remember that in March, right? Yeah. Most definitely present as we still are in our homes as we close out 2020 in December. Now, as far as venture capital continuing strong is concerned, certainly a great deal of venture capital did immediately get locked up and held in store to recapitalize companies already in VC portfolios. Now, as a fund manager, this is understandable, right? And I mean, one wants to preserve the value already built as well as build value in existing portfolios. So the likelihood of getting VC capital is going, you know, in the upcoming future round of one of your own portfolios companies is lowered, and that was evident in March. And then you need to hold capital in store to shore up your portfolio companies on your own. I get that, right? And it's a domino effect. Uh, lots of capital was held aside to f fund the companies already in VC portfolios and keep those companies healthy for as long as possible during a pandemic that kind of extended and affected and continues to affect a global economy. That's certainly true. The uh, swift movement of capital into storehouses, if you will, uh -huh. is the response to that well-known zombie apocalypse business scenario. <laughs> yes, that? it is. Oh, I you do. B VCs used to make final funding decisions by saying something akin to the following words. Well, this seems to pass muster on all fronts. Unless the entire global economy crashes and then we have bigger problems, this company is a winner. Oh, well, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Guess what just happened in 2020? That mm -hmm. zombie apocalypse scenario became a reality. The entire global economy was heavily and negatively impacted by a major health disaster that left no one untouched. Well, that's for certain. So next up on our reports, uh, PitchBook reported that uh, in the first nine months of 2020, US-based VCs invested $88.1 billion in tech startups. And that's out of 112 billion investments made across all industries. So fair, and, sh fair shot of it, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, so much for cold storage for the cash. Uh, right. th this <laughs> 88.1 billion is an increase over 2019's 82.3 billion in venture mm -hmm. capital investments. Tech investments accounted for 78% of all VC investments in 2019 and 74% of all VC investments in 2018. That's not a large change, but there was a bit of movement to fund companies other than tech companies in 2020 to date. And remember, that's just through Q3. Shortly, we'll have Q4 numbers and that balance may change in either direction. In 2020, I see that VCs are more specifically investing in startups that improve and further enable online banking, retail, and healthcare, as well as security, infrastructure, and artificial intelligence. These industries all saw tailwinds from the pandemic. 
I would agree, yes. Um, VC-backed companies as a whole raised cash in the public markets too through the IPOs. So in early August, we'd seen 98 successful VC-backed IPOs. In September alone, there were 16 more tech IPOs and RBC just reported that as of December 3rd, uh, we'd already seen 414 IPOs. So that's a substantive rush, if you will, to the public markets as the public stock market gains have been robust this year. For perspective, that's an increase of 86.5% more IPOs in the same time in 2019, which had 222 IPOs by this date. Yeah. Quoting from the RBC article, I noticed that the NASDAQ, which is heavily allocated to venture-backed industries such as technology mm -hmm. and healthcare, has meaningfully outperformed other popular equity indices such as the S&P 500 and the Dow during COVID-19. This is a big mm -hmm. deal, folks. For years, the pundits have noted that venture capital does not return an ROI commensurate with the risk of the asset class. That is not the case in 2020. Talk about a year turned upside down. VC returns were robust and beat the public markets. Yeah. So that said, there were many industries that felt the effects of strong headwinds due to the pandemic and to no one's surprise, movie theaters, but not movies, airlines, cruise lines, hospitality, and any entertainment venue that requires on-site attendance from conference centers and live theaters, the dance halls and pubs and museums and sports arena, they are all battling those ongoing headwinds. Now, while we'll get into predictions for 2021 next week's podcast, I think it's no spoiler alert to say that we all have good reason to believe that it will be another six to 12 months before these industries see any substantial light of day at the end of their tunnel. Yes, many consumer sectors have been very hard hit. Investor and consumer confidence were both driven upwards by the three trillion federal stimulus package in May, but we all need an, we, another as we approach a recessionary cliff because the US economy is 80% consumer purchasing driven. Folks need cash and you can't fake cash flow. I agree. So an additional stimulus is going to be needed in 2021. And now we've had a dose of sugar. Uh, there is some not so good news. Uh, TechCrunch report in 2020 that venture capital investments were a lot less diverse. Or in the immortal words of David Byrne, same as it ever was. We have to take a break now, but we're going to come back with the sad news um, after our break. This is VC Confidential and we'll be right back more ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, 
WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy. I'm here with Jillian Music, and we are talking about what a year 2020 was in our penultimate uh, episode for 2020. And before the break, we were talking about the good news that, in fact, venture capital did not grind to a halt. Now we get to the not-so-good news. Venture capital investments in 2020 were a lot less diverse. PitchBook reported that in Q3, women founders raised a handful more rounds than in Q2 2020, but those 136 rounds comprising 434 million in value were down across the board from Q3 2019. You compare that to the brisk activity in VC over all, and you can see the old biases emerging stronger than ever whenever there is a ripple of an uncertainty in the playing field. Investors eschewed women founders and fell back on the old familiar CEO profiles, young white males. Quote, reverting to form, end quote, tech crunch snorted, as do I. In fact, funding levels for women fell to below 2017 levels. As I know. For, uh, mm. Sad. As for investments in Black founders, of the 1,383 companies who raised between 500,000 and 20 million in Q3 2020, as reported in Crunchbase, all but a pitifully puny 31 had white founders. 31. Now, this is particularly infuriating when the data literally shouts from every corner and perspective, clearly connecting undeniably better performance from diverse leadership teams with women and persons of color in charge. So I just have to ask, do we really have time right now for anything but data-driven decisions? (laughs) You'd think. (laughs) You'd think, as Alex Wilhelm wrote an extra crunch, when there is more general access to funds, we'll see a more varied set of products built to attack a more diverse set of issues and problems. Lord knows a more diverse set of issues and problems is just what we have here. As uh, David Fialco said recently, innovation comes from new perspectives, new ways of thinking. The supposed Mm -hmm. safety of homophily is actually holding us back from the solutions we desperately need right now. Is this a case like everything looking like a nail when you're a hammer? or of the blind men and the elephant? <laughs> I hear your ire, Anne. So these are tough um, trends, if you will, but it happens you know, so frequently. Every time there's a recession, you know, how should I say, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer and those who are not engaged, well, they, you know, they get harmed every time. We know that women in particular are constantly kind of beaten back out of the workforce and from the higher echelons of it every single time. Yep, and I'm not done yet. <laughs> Existing, <laughs> yeah. Hold on to your hat. Existing portfolio companies received the lion's share of venture capital in 2020, while individual 
which individual angels and seed stage investors held a little closer to the vest until Q3 mm -hmm. and 4. Healthcare, specifically pharma, ed tech, virtual team management, and similar kinds of software programs that enabled us to move from the hub and spoke life we used to lead, you know, where everyone commuted from their respective homes to a central office and then back again at the end of each workday to a multi-location distributed workforce in which everyone worked out of their homes, if at all possible. This received substantial investment, as you'd expect. But companies outside these few industries were extremely challenged to move the needle on their capital raises. Now that's true enough. This massive work habit change is an interesting phenomenon, Ed. And uh, while it doesn't affect workers who have to be physically present at their jobs, you know, service providers, builders, manufacturers, you know, especially healthcare providers, of course, and so on, it does affect the millions upon millions of office workers who had, over the past generation and more already, spent their work days in front of computers and in in-person meetings. Now, that's now replaced with virtual meetings. So no surprise, Zoom, Google Hangout, Microsoft, these are the obvious leaders here. But we are seeing a number of new entrants into things like virtual meetings, virtual conferences, virtual healthcare visits, all of those arenas. This communication process has really leapfrogged. And there's more. According to Stanford University, 42% 42% of the U.S. workforce is working from home, and a whopping 33% are not working at all. So that leaves only 25% of us in places of work. It's yeah. likely that most of those workers are the ones called essentials, as you already mentioned, healthcare yes. workers, food service, municipal garbage and recycling, all the things that keep our lives going. Mm -hmm. This rapid worldwide shift to remote work and school has caused a boom in cloud-based technologies and funding for them. So even early stage startups saw tailwinds in both their business model and capital raises. Mm -hmm. Globally, according to Crunchbase News, 2020's first three quarters showed increased investment over 2019 in healthcare, apps, payments, education, and gaming. gaming. Meanwhile, seed funding in Q3 was down 32% year over year and 11% quarter over quarter. As we noted a few minutes ago in the first section of our show, early stage funding was down. It was down 18% year over year and 14% quarter over quarter to be precise. What's up is late stage funding. 452 rounds raised 48 Point one billion, that's with the B, Jillian, in mm -hmm. Q3, 24% higher than Q3 2019. Even later, rounds of 100 million and above account for 61% of funding. What does this tell us? VCs lined up for IPOs. Mm -hmm. So is this FOMO or running for safety on in uncertain times and more to the point, how will decreasing early stage and seed stage investing foster fresh thinking for innovative solutions to fast emerging problems? Well, you know, kind of rhetorical questions, but they're really good nonetheless. And we should point out that if you're going to take advantage of an early IPO, in other words, short term, right? And you're going to hit that, then you can take that excess capital that you've now earned from that, you know, the, the rewards, if you will, and you could plow it into early stage. We can only hope. 
So meanwhile, IPOs were brisk with six out of seven venture-backed companies valued at about 10 billion or more going uh, public. According to PitchBook, there was 103.9 billion generated in those exit values realized in Q3 alone, just Q3. So somebody's making money. The question is, will they then plow that into the much earlier stages in 2021? And you can add to that the 71 US companies which reached that magical 1 billion valuation nearing mm -hmm. the 79 from the previous year and this year is not done yet. More than one third were in the FinTech space and 11, that's 15% were in healthcare. Again, these numbers are intuitive and should come as no surprise. I would agree. But back here at sea level, that pandemic uncertainty really slowed capital commitments to VC funds that were raising and caused investors to assess the financial condition, uh, read viability right, of their portfolio companies. Now, according to the uh, Sloan lecturer, Joseph G. Hadzima Jr., right, he said to put that in context, he noted the same thing happened in March of 2000 when the dot-com bubble burst. Companies that just closed deals were okay, but those still raising, they got hammered. And yep, that's the technical term. So this year, 2020 saw a rapid increase in the number of women-led funds, and many are women of color in Bach teams. And that's brilliant, okay? But the industry group Transact, in which young women fund managers gather every week on Zoom to share knowledge and leads and all that, that grew by 95 members by the beginning of December. And that's up from 40 or so in the beginning of the year. So we're, we're kind of happy about that. The Global Directory Women in VC lists 275 women-led funds and further points out that 90% of those funds are emerging fund managers, first-timers. And that means it's a long, tough road to hoe to raise those funds, right? This is despite growing evidence that the diverse leadership outperforms homogenous teams in venture capital firms as well as in startup companies. And we can see actually in public companies too, but we can see that women-led venture capital firms have a long way to go before they command the kind of volume and power of venture capital that's already allocated by male-led VC firms today. As you and I always say, Anne, we're not looking to have the amount of money that these guys have or that they are allocated. We're looking to double it. That's right. We're not playing the same game, though. Conventional VCs have billions. We are playing the game way, way early, and it will take a long time to get where we're going. That said, the founders of the Women in VC Global Directory, Jessica Peltz and Su Chen Dong, published a report in 2020 summing up the situation and more importantly, issuing specific action steps to get these funds going. I'd like to point to one in particular. The remember all that stashed cash in cold storage, mm -hmm. <laughs> as well as the returns raked in from those IPOs? Well, the authors suggest this. With that amount of the, the amount of capital under management in the trillions of dollars, as little as half a percent, half of a percent, 0.5 of a percent commitment to women-led VC funds would put more than five billion in the hands of these high performers. Yeah. Which bodes well for economic growth, even by conservative estimates, these 275 women-led VC firms are poised to invest in more than 7,000 companies, which has the potential to create 80,000 jobs. And best of all, the authors conclude, we can change who gets funded, what gets made, and how products and services are better able to serve a wider population of people. 
Right. So that's a, a good note. You know, we did an entire show on this report a few weeks ago where our listeners can find more about the author's insights and strongly worded recommendations. Uh, we'll put a link to that as well as to the report itself on our LinkedIn page at Outlines Venture Group, as well as lots of other links uh, from this show today. Yes. And with that, we must take another break for our sponsors. You are listening to VC Confidential. We will be right back to wrap up our look at venture capital in the year 2020. More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY podcasting system. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. We are so glad you joined us. Today we are reviewing the year 2020 and what an extraordinary year it was. Before the break, we were discussing the d disappointing allocation of venture capital as conventional VCs poured their funding into late stage companies while seed stage funding declined from 2019. So much for innovation to meet the many emerging problems a global pandemic has delivered. Given the record of number of IPOs late in 2020, it's fair to say that late stage investing was to enjoy the spoils when the unicorns went public and quite a large blessing of them too. Yes, blessing, by the way, is the term for a group of unicorns, a blessing of unicorns. And this year, unicorn companies around the world topped 500, according to CB Insights. Uh, that sounds like a lot, you know, more than the 500 unicorns, but in fact, it is tiny when compared to the entire global universe of startups. Still, it is worth noting that the 500 included a decacorn, that's a company valued at more than 10 billion and a hectacorn, which is, yeah, you guessed it, a valuation of over 100 billion. Clearly, venture funding didn't grind to a halt. Nope. But 
conventional VCs poured money into late stage companies and seed funding declined. Further, funding was altogether a lot less diverse as conventional VCs stuck to the safety of founders who looked like themselves. Meanwhile, funds raised totaled an all-time high of 69.1 billion, according to PitchBook, which noted that the 2020 total was set by just 287 funds compared with 589 funds in 2018. The yeah. big investors got bigger while the small funds stagnated. You know, PitchBook is calling this the dominant theme of fundraising for this year. Further to the point, mega funds of a billion or more were 15% of the total number of funds in the States. And that is a new record high too. Yeah. So that was in the USN, but in Europe, they're kind of bucking the trend. PitchBook reported that valuations reached all-time highs for both late-stage and early-stage companies, noting that non-traditional investors joined established VC firms and remain optimistic, especially for healthcare and software. Now, much of the non-traditional uh, investment is in search of pandemic-proof technology innovations. That's not pandemic-focused, but pandemic-proof. They have their share of unicorns, too, surpassing 100 billion euros in aggregate valuation. It sure sounds like the EU investing is has nodded towards innovation, which is yes. desperately needed right now. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to say the same in the US? Uh-huh. <laughs> Sigh. Okay, then let's get some perspective here as we wrap up this penultimate episode of VC Confidential 2020. It's a deal. So in 2020, the public market stood well. And from January, the Dow Jones rose, for example, 4.9% in 2020 to date. And uh, that's just as our discussion today. The NASDAQ, another 3.5. And it's notable that the movement in the public markets is referenced by these and similar indices that do not in any way reflect the financial hardships faced by consumers worldwide, right? They're not connected, as you always say, Anne, right? The market is not the people. Economy. It's not the economy, right? So, for example, consumer uh, company profits tanked by 33% in Q2 of 2020. By Black Friday, online purchases surged 22% over 2019. And what you and I have been noting for some months now, Jillian, and we are not alone in this observation, is that technology trends were not altered by the pandemic. They were enhanced and the speed of adoption of technologies across a broader spectrum of the population worldwide was increased ahead of previous pre previously predicted schedules. Mm -hmm. I've heard a number, number of financial prognosticators say that technology across the board saw a three to five leap in adoption, meaning that we've shortened the timeline to engagement for many companies in the B2B and B2C sectors. Yeah, that's true. We referenced that earlier in our discussion on the adoption of e-learning, e-meetings, increased e-banking and e-commerce. Many of the daily in-person activities uh, moved very quickly online, of course, out of necessity. So the question is, will all these activities remain online in 2021? And what slipping back activities will we see in the coming months or years? 
You know, those are all good questions. We are going to begin to address our own prognostications as we do a roundup of what to expect in 2021 in the world of venture capital. So with those hanging questions, that's a wrap for this episode of VC Confidential. Next week, we'll wrap up our year here at VC Confidential, as I said, with our predictions for what you can expect in 2021 in the world of venture capital. We invite you to join us each Tuesday for a new episode as we take a deep dive into the opaque world of venture capital and share learnings and ideas on the inner workings of that shrouded corner of business finance known as venture capital. We'd like to thank our producers at WMR.FM who agreed to take a chance on our new show, VC Confidential. You can listen to all our episodes right here on WMR.FM and in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. You will find all of our CEO Coach podcasts there as well. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and we are so glad you joined us on VC Confidential. Till next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.